Hey, this is Derek D-Train, he too. Tonight's episode is brought to you by KingTuckGraphics.com. Are you looking for a better way to promote your business? Have you ever thought about a new sign, window film, clear coat, or even wrapping your vehicle? Think about it. All the time you spend in your car driving around Raleigh, North Carolina, a vehicle wrap can be working right alongside you. A clear branding strategy can make the difference between your next call or not. If you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, check them out at KingTuckGraphics.com. Your satisfaction with their products and service is guaranteed. So go online to KingTutGraphics.com and check them out. Get a free quote and get started with KingTutGraphics.com. Hello, welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We have episode 74 tonight. We have the usual suspects sitting in with us tonight. We have our producer, Patrick Uppelardi Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And we have our IT guy, the local nerd on staff, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you moming them? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, sweeto? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark. The Dr. Morley. Oh, Dr. <laughs> Very special guest sitting in with tonight, brought to you by Sauce Toss and King Tut Graphics. We have Charlie McAvoy, the Boston Bruins. What's up, Charlie? What's up there, Smino? Charlie, what's up? Yeah. What's up, guys? How we doing? Good, good. Thanks for coming on, Charlie. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on that. Yeah, no problem. So let's get into, um, I guess we, we all kind of want to hear a little bit about last year and the uh, playoff run. Obviously, obviously the, uh, the Stanley Cup win for the Bruins and, and that journey and, and then we'll get into what you did after. What was that? What was that like? What was the playoffs like? It was very intense. Obviously, we watched it all. And what was that experience like for you? Well, you know, last year was was a special season. You know, obviously, you know, making it that far, you, you know, kind of speaks for itself as far as the, uh, you know, just just how special of a group it was. You know, I think just throughout the year we kind of picked up steam, and, and once we started getting everybody healthy and and getting to a point where we started feeling good in our game, um, Sweeney's made a couple good moves there at the deadline to get uh, to get Marcus Johansson. So. We had Mojo and Charlie Coyle, and those guys just played huge. They were huge factors, you know, in that run for us. And, you know, it's just something crazy that, you know, once it starts in the first round, and, you know, that was such a battle. We went seven games with Toronto. We were down in the series the entire time. It was just, you know, it was really wild. And then you made it out of the first round, and then, you know, all of a sudden we made it out of the second round, and then we made it, you know, and we're in the conference finals and kind of blinked, and, and we had already punched our ticket there into the finals. So um, it was kind of crazy, um, you know, just all the guys guys and and my family and and everybody there um trying to kind of tell tell us tell us and remind us to to take a deep breath and and you know kind of breathe it all in because these are experiences that that you may uh you know you may never get uh get again so um overall it was just awesome it was a blessing to to get where we did obviously we came up short which was you know heartbreaking to say the least but um overall I, i wouldn't trade it i wouldn't trade the experience and um you know, in the relationships that, uh, you know, that we really built and grew throughout that whole run. Yeah, it was a pretty great run. And I loved watching you this year or last year, uh, Charlie. But uh, just talk to the um, listeners a little bit about, you know, winning, you know, championships in baseball or um, basketball is one thing, but going the distance in hockey is a total, no, you know, a whole nother beast. Um, what was that like for you? Like, uh, just grinding every single night and and for for the Boston Bruins you logged the most ice time so what was that like um well yeah no doubt um you know definitely you got to think that you know no matter what sport it is there's there's you know there's going to be you know emotionally and mentally grueling um to make it to the end um the thing that you know might separate it a you know a little bit more in say hockey and, and football I guess and you know other physical sports is just just how grueling it is physically as well um everybody's playing with something um you know so it doesn't really hold up to be the one guy who's kind of doing a a poor me you know that at that point in the road everybody's playing with something and and you're really just playing for each other um you know that you're so close to the finish line so you're just pushing you're trying to get there and and giving it everything you have and um, you know, that those bumps and bruises that they won't, they won't last forever. So, um, it, it's really astounding to see some of the guys on the team, um, you know, and the stuff that they battled through, uh, to, just to continue to show up every night and, and give everything they had, you know, until the point where really there wasn't anything left to give. Um, so uh, it was just awesome. It was a great experience. Um, it was something that brought our team so close together. Um, and we're lucky enough this year to have the same core, 
um, just about everybody minus minus two guys, um, Mojo and, and Nolachari, um, you know, who, who were huge for us and and um, tremendous hockey players. But, um, you know, we, we all love them and we wish them well. Um, but we're hoping that with the guys that we have that we can uh, take another stab at it, you know, with uh, with a relatively the same group. Yeah, Charlie, how about uh, Chara coming back to the bench after he got hit with that puck in the face? I mean, he just he didn't play, but he came out and he sat in the bench for the rest of the game. I mean, that, that shows a guy that, you know, wants to be out there for his team, you know, just tough as hell, you know? That must, must oh, have been crazy. He came out on the bench, and uh, it was the third period. He came out, and no one had really talked to him or, or kind of knew what was going on. So at that point, he, he couldn't speak or anything. So he was sitting on the bench, and there was just a huge pile uh, just of, like, blood and spit uh, right right underneath him on the bench. He was sitting in the same spot for the whole period. Um, and we were coming back, and he was just always giving pats and, um, you know, and, and kind of just, you know, obviously he wasn't able to talk, but he was just kind of giving us uh, a, a little, you know, physical motivation um, and just having him out there just with us. Um, something about it, obviously, he wasn't able to go out there. And I know we, we ended up losing that game. Um, but just kind of having him there uh, just kind of was a testament to, to what he to, – to one, who he is and kind of how he approaches things. You know, anybody else could have – could have obviously just, you know, showered and, and uh, I mean, for him, could, could have been in the hospital, could have been, you know, pretty much anywhere other than a hockey rink. And, and he wanted to put on a, a full shield and come sit on the bench just to be there for moral support. Um, so those things we all kind of, you know, we, we take note of those things. And um, that's just the kind of person he is and the kind of player he is, what he means to us uh, as our captain. No big deal, huh? No big deal. <laughs> and uh, moving on to this year, kind of congratulations on the new contract, man. Um, I guess that means no more uh, bathroom door stalls as beer pong tables. You can you can afford a little you can afford a little better now. Yeah, he doesn't have to do that anymore at BU. Yeah, you're I mean, oh, you're, you're good now, right? No, I know, man. Me and me and Green are sleeping on uh, <laughs> two two twin beds right next to each other. Basically waking hands. up, toddling with with yeah, with three with three fans on us, um, <laughs> just trying to get a breeze in the summer. No, I, I can afford a little air conditioning now. That a boy. <laughs> but you're back on the ice today for the first time, right? Back with the boys, and uh, how'd that go? Yeah, it was good. So today was actually practice uh, practice number three, um, and it's good. Uh, you know, the the training camp is something that um, you know my goal was was never to miss uh, very much time at all, if any. Um, we were lucky enough. We got there to a to an agreeing, uh, you know, to an agreement and a, a point that we both saw as fair. And um, you know, I get to go out now. Training camp's a great opportunity to uh, to get your feet back under you. Um, you know, especially for us on a on a short off season and um, you know, not as much time to particularly uh, you know kind of get get that you know that full kind of two or three months of working out and skating and training and stuff like that. Um, so this training camp serves as a, a little bit different from the last two that I've been a part of. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to get back and, and be with everybody, you know, to uh, what, you know, go through those, those kind of growing pains of, of getting back into, uh, you know, into, into, into form and, and getting ready to go for the season. So you know, I'm, I'm excited. Mac, you know, with your resume, it's a, a stellar hockey resume and, uh, you know, and going forward to be able to play with Z and to learn from him, you know, just going back to Chara again, um, just having that mentor, you know, being a D partner with him. I mean, to me, that I think you can't be in a better position. That's huge for you um, and the potentials, you know, crazy for you. So what's that like to play with uh, Z? Oh, man. Um, and every time I get this question, it's like, uh, you know, I end up just talking, just talking longer and longer about it because, uh, honestly, it's, it's so special and there's not a day that I, that I take it for granted. Um, I'm playing with a a future hall of famer, no doubt about it. No Um, doubt. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he, he's going to be, uh, you know, Bruins, he's going to be up in the rafters. 
very soon once he's done and um just kind of just how he approaches every day um from a work ethic standpoint to just uh you know being being that leader being that guy um every day you can learn from him um he's someone who takes every rep in practice um to heart he doesn't take any shifts off or any reps or, or drills off um so he's someone who pushes me every single day uh to get better and he's constantly teaching me things um you know it's awesome because we just have such a, a mutual respect that even there's, you know, there's things when sometimes he'll ask me w- what I'm seeing or something that he thinks that, that, uh, you know, that maybe, you know, he can get a, a better look from maybe what I'm thinking. Um, sometimes I, I snap back on, on that and, um, you know, kind of realize how funny it is, how, how flipped it should be, you know, cause I'm always the one asking the questions, but that's just who he is. He's, he's a student of the game and he's always trying to get better, you know, even at this age. Um, which is just a real testament to him, and uh, I'm very fortunate to 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 have him on my team, uh, not only as a, a D partner and a, and a teammate, but a, a friend as well. Definitely. Yeah, Mac. Other than the obvious, like you know, on ice shit with uh, with Zio. I mean, what's I mean, there's some. I mean, he's 42 years old, right? So I mean, what does he kind of educate you on as far as keeping the body healthy and what to do, you know, off the ice and how to eat and stuff like that. Has he, has he kind of, uh, let any of that stuff to you or. Uh, it's kind of just one of those things that you kind of just, you just watch, um, you kind of just learn by the way he does it. He's always making, you know, conscious, uh, decisions about what to put in his body. Um, I know there's been times throughout the last couple of years where I, I've seen him on his, um, you know, on his vegan diet. Um, he, he's very strict about what he puts in his body and, and what he fuels himself with. And, um, you know, not, I, I don't know if I'll go that far as the being <laughs> vegan, but, uh, um, do it. but yeah, but you def- I don't know if I can, man. I don't think I ever could, but, um, but yeah, you just see kind of the way that he treats himself. Um, he's in the rink every day and, um, you know, obviously we have team, uh, team lifts and, and certain things like that but there really isn't a day where he's not doing something he, he's always lifting um he's always in the, the locker room um in the in the weight room rather right after every game and every practice going and and doing something some sort of some sort of exercise to uh you know just he, he just he, he doesn't stop he never stops and he's always trying to get better um and i think that's one of those things that you know there really aren't any words there you just see his actions and what he does um you know and you realize that if you want to if you want to be you know up, up to his uh you know par as, as a player um you know you kind of realize take to heart you know what it takes can you imagine playing 20 more years mac holy man holy <laughs> shit uh, <laughs> i don't know i don't know it, it, it's crazy it's crazy because um you know there's there's so many guys and i know um you know every everybody loves hockey and we have such a great group um you know in that in that manner and obviously we're all blessed and fortunate to, to play a game for a living um but i know that uh you know it, it's just grueling it, it is it's, it's incredibly grueling going through 82 games and and um you know getting to training camp and and seeing what's ahead of you and there's excitement and then you know there's always those those dog days when you get to you know, maybe mid-December or, or January and, um, you know, the standings, you're maybe just middle of the pack or, or something like that. And, and, you know, there's so much hockey left to be played. Um, it, it can be hard, no no doubt about it. Um, so, I mean, I just see that and I know, like, man, imagine doing that for, for 23 seasons. Like, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, I'm 38, and I can't even imagine playing with you, you guys. So, I, I mean, you know, right. yeah, <laughs> I got a beer belly, but that would help me with some, <laughs> some checks a little bit. Go, block. go vegan. I could, yeah, I could he block. Tried, Pat tried going vegan for like two weeks. Oh, yeah, it didn't work. You're, out. you're instantly gay for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Mac, what what was it like with the uh, best line in the NHL? You know, your first line with Marshawn, uh, Bergeron, Pasternak. I mean, those guys are unreal. Um, just to watch them, even if you're on the bench, not on the ice with them. 
um, up close has got to be unbelievable. Oh, man. It's like they just put on a clinic out there against the best players in the whole world. Like, it's um it's it's wild the chemistry that they have like it is nuts like they just always seem to find themselves they they play they give each other so much space on the ice they they open up so many things they're all so good that that it's so hard when you're defending them to uh to really you know i guess shut down one particular guy um because those other two are going to make their plays so you know, there's just every single one of them is a threat. They they play exceptionally well off each other. Um, you know, Bergie in the slot is, you know, I think he's the best slot player in the league. So, I mean, if you find him anywhere in there, he's got a, a really good chance of, of scoring or, or making a, you know, making another good play. Um, it, it's crazy being out there with them. Like, one, I just, like, nervous. Like, I just want to make a, a fucking good play for him. <laughs> you know, I, like I'm, I know, uh, you know, they, they work so hard to get stuff done and, and honestly they have an expectation to produce, um, you know, every single game. So you want to, you want to help, you want to be a part of, uh, you know, a part of the solution there, not the problem. So yeah, definitely. just trying to, to make plays, get open, give them space. Um, you know, all my passes, try and make sure that they're getting them in stride and giving them an opportunity to, to, to do their thing. Uh, and then a lot of the time, you know, you get to just sit back and watch and get a, and rack up the plus minus. Yeah. <laughs> those boys, those boys are nasty. It was great to watch this year. Oh yeah. Uh, who's the, you know, just a random go off tangent. Who's the best golfer on the Bruins in, in your view? Uh, Oh man. I, like, I mean, well, you know, it's me and i I suck at <laughs> golf, but. <laughs> I've played with a couple guys. Um, we got a couple good players. Grizzy, Grizzy's a good player. He shoots like high seventies. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and, and a couple other guys are good. Um, but our our best golfer, these are two guys who I haven't played with. I think our our best one would be like enough guys have said it would be uh, Stephen Camper. So so he he has the like he has the ability like he can show up and and shoot like a a sub seventy like a high sixty round, um, and Cratch is also really good. I've heard Cratch can shoot like he'll shoot like a par round. Nice, pretty good. That's about what I shoot <laughs> these days. Can you even imagine? Yeah, I'm shooting about. <laughs> I haven't shot under a hundred yet. <laughs> if it's a dog leg right, I can just you know slice right around those. You're killing it, killing yeah. it. Oh yeah, straight you're fucked. <laughs> oh god. Speaking of the perfection line, was there a rule put into place that you can't lick somebody in the face anymore? Uh, <laughs> I think there, I think there actually is. <laughs> after that, because I remember, so we were all sitting on the plane. Actually, this was after. Uh, this was on our way to Tampa for game five, I think. Um, yeah, game five, <clears throat> and we actually ended up we ended up losing game five, and that was the end of our season. That was two years ago. Um, so so we're on the plane headed down there, um, and we're in Boston at our uh, we're in Hanscom right on the airbase, and we're about to take off. And Marshy gets a phone call, and we were already like playing cards and stuff. <laughs> and um, and he like gets up and he starts like pacing a little bit, like getting away from us like we're like all right i wonder who he's on the phone with and um gary and i'm sure shit he comes and sits back down he said that was colin campbell and uh and he said that if i if i like cut cut the shit out like if i lick another person like i'm gonna get suspended <laughs> that's awesome uh it's great so are the guys give him shit for that like in the locker room and stuff or they just whatever just it is all with it Oh no, no, I don't think so. I don't think anybody gave him shit. Um, <laughs> that's kind of just like I don't even know, man. I, only he would go there. He that's just kind of he's such a uh, he is man. He's a menace on the ice. Like he just he gets in other people's head and and he plays yeah. that role so well. Um, I'm not gonna question his antics. He gets the job done. Definitely, definitely. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely what's the outlook like? What's the outlook like for this year, man? What What's the chemistry feel like? So I know you haven't been there, you know, very long yet, but 
with the with the makeup of this year's team, are you kind of feeling like the same vibe as last year? Is a better vibe in the locker room? What's what's the chemistry like? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it feels good right now. I think everyone is, um, you know, excited to be back. I think everybody, obviously, we have that extra motivation. Um, I think that, uh, you know, kind of when you make it, when you make it that far and you come up short, you have to, uh, you know, you, you have to, you have to find a way to completely reset, um, you know, just because of kind of how devastating it is. Um, so coming back this year, like it, it's kind of different. It, it's definitely different from any other year that I've been a part of it. Um, you know, you kind of, you have to find a way to just turn the page. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's hard. It, it's honestly something that I still kind of, like, I think about it a lot. Um, you know, but I think you just kind of lean on the guys and, and you see how other guys are, are reacting and, um, you know, kind of approaching this year. Um, and then you just got to jump on the bandwagon. And, um, you know, guys are, you know, we're all working here to find our game again. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and we will. Training camp is, is hard. You know, you look all over the league and there's always, there's the split squads and stuff like that. So, um, you know, on any given day, you might not see, you know, a couple of the guys who are on the team. Um, you're out practicing with maybe, you know, seven or eight or, or 10 guys on the team. And then the rest might be in another group. So it's hard once, once after like the first uh, round of cuts, you get down to, to closer to, to your group, you know, the actual team. Um, and then obviously once the end, once you get to, uh, you know, to the, to the group, um, then it starts to get real, uh, you know, and then you kind of know that the season's coming up here and, you got one or two more chances for a tune-up, and then and then once it starts, you just hit the ground running, and, and you're back to the grind. Do you think you're going to make the team? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, I got to sharpen up. I'm going to find my game a little bit more, and then I'll be good to go. Yeah. Good <laughs> Take luck. the skate blades off. That's the only Yeah. Oh, man. I think that um, you guys signed Carlo today too, right? Finally got signed. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah we signed Carlo yesterday, so he was back in practice today. Today was his first day with the guys. Yeah, so that's cool. You guys both signed. I mean, basically for hockey nerds like ourselves, everything that's been coming on Nesson or anything out of that market was talked about. Charlie McAvoy and Carlo and who was going to sign, when they were going to sign, all these other RFAs that hadn't signed. And was there any rumor? Like we heard all the rumors and all the bullshit. Like we don't know any of them are true, but was there any? kind of uh, wind out there that you might get traded or was you always pretty much going to be a broom? Uh, no, no, there was never anything uh, mm. about that. Um, you know, at least to, to my knowledge, um, there was just an understanding that, that we were going to get to, uh, you know, to, to something that worked um, no matter, you know, kind of what the process was, we were going to find that common ground Um and it took took a couple of days, so I missed the first two days of camp, and then I was able to get there for day three. So I mean, I, I was excited that I didn't miss too much time at all. Um, and same thing for for Brando. He was, you know, he was looking for for his number and, and what he felt uh, comfortable with, and and they were able to get to that point, um, you know, relatively uh, uh, relatively early in the in the process. He only missed about four days of camp, so. Um, you know, it's good. It, it's good to be back. Um, you know, you make up those, those days pretty quick, um, just by hopping in and, and getting into drills. Our, our practices are fast paced and, um, you know, conditioning at the end and, and really just throughout the entire practice. So it's, it's good. You, you get it back quick, um, start feeling, uh, start getting to a place where you feel really good about yourself and, and then just, uh, just got to carry it over. Put the puck in the net. It's that easy, Matt. Exactly. Just put the puck exactly. in the Shoot the fucking puck, would you? <laughs> I know. Fuck sake. <laughs> put the puck on that. Fuck. Well, we really we'll appreciate you coming on. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on, Mac. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, we'll oh, man. My pleasure, Matt. Yeah. We'll be watching no you all year. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We'll make sure Pat gets you a nice tall can of Longhorn for your contract signing. 
present. Oh, God. Don't you dare send me that shit. <laughs> It'll be nice and dry. Oh, oh <laughs> no. Come with an extra can oh. so you can pack it every day. <laughs> Longhorn. Oh, I could throw up right now. <laughs> well, thanks again, Mac. Uh, thanks for coming on. Charlie McAvoy, the Boston Bruins. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck this year, man. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Charlie McAvoy, boys. Yeah, Charlie McAvoy from Boston Bruins. Um, Stanley Cup Finals last year. Um, projected to have another good run this year. Like he said, they have everybody coming back except for two guys, which aren't one of their two main guys on their team. So um, should be interesting to see what happens in that conference. Uh, the Bruins obviously have one of the teams to beat, but he had so many good teams in that conference. And I was talking to our boy Johnny Shea Shea Shaver the other day. And, you know, what he was saying was basically in that division, there's going to be, you know, possibly a team that has 100 points that misses the playoffs, you know, which is kind of hard to think about. But once you look at the numbers, you know, it's it's possible. So, you know, the Bruins have a very good team, but there's there's a lot of talent in that, in that conference. And they switched the, the playoffs up a little bit too. So, you know, it's not – the best teams anymore it's it's based on the division and, and the wild card in that division so um that kind of shakes things up a little controversy for people the boston Bruins should have a good team this year boys yeah it's tough yeah. though when you when you go um you know when you go that far into the playoffs obviously it's tough not to have a little bit of a hangover i think but although you know the the great teams in all of sports and, and the bruins are one of those great franchises in all of sports you know that the good teams figure out a way to kind of reboot. And that's why I kind of asked about the chemistry because every year, you know, in pro sports because of free agency and stuff, you know, you're dealing with um, kind of a different mindset in the locker room. We've got a different group of guys, uh, you know, different makeup. So um, it's, it's tough to, you know, tough to rebound after going that far and tough to put it all back together again, but they haven't lost that many players. They got the same kind of good solid core. So it should be good, man. It's um, they got to be, you know, kind of uh, chomping at the bit to get back to where they were because, you know, they came up just short, so. Yeah, and with that said, you know, and I, I don't know the stats on this. I can have Rob look it up, but how many teams that have made the Stanley Cup um, finals and lost, and then how deep did they go the next year? I don't think it can be too many just yeah. because it – I mean, I'm sure the Montreal Canadiens and a few teams back in the heydays did, but – you know, that grueling um, every night playing back to back. It's tough to, it's tough to put two seasons together. You, you know, I know Pittsburgh did it and a few other teams won back to back Stanley cups, but um, it's just tough. I think to get back there year after year, it's just, uh, I think the guys get too tired, but uh, they, they got, they got the players on paper to do that. Um, like uh, Charlie just said, they're only uh, lacking two guys from last year's roster. So, um, and they got the that elite line up front. They got Chara um, and McAvoy in the back. Yeah, they got uh, Grizz on D. Uh, they got Tuka Rask in that still. So, Sweeney behind the bench. He signed the contract this year. Um, so, the Bruins, I think, are going to be good for a while. I, I think you're going to see the Boston Bruins in the NHL playoffs for a while, at least the next three to five years they'll definitely be in the stanley cup playoff the history of the nhl since 1927 actually uh several teams uh about eight or nine teams have been able to make it back to back sometimes winning three four five times in a row so based on the you know low numbers of teams and uh the distribution of of talent um, I, I think that's likely the cause of them being able to, you know, make it back year after year after year. If, if when they lost, when they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost, um, I, I can count 13 times where the team was able to get back. So you know, with 31 teams in the NHL, it's really not that difficult to um, to be in the finals. Yeah, I mean, the stars have to align for you too, man, because in, in, in pro sports, a lot of it has to do with, you know, staying healthy. So, you know, you, it, it's kind of a crapshoot. You get you start going that far in the season, you're, everybody's banged up. So it's kind of who's who's hitting their stride, you know, at the right time at the end of the season and who's got, you know, the healthiest team because, 
you can you can look great on paper, but you know you knock off a few you know serious injuries within the organization, you're looking at a whole different picture. So there's yeah. a little bit of luck, a little bit of luck involved. Definitely, I mean Tampa Bay is the epitome of that. Yeah, I, I would just say that um, with the Boston Bruins, they were able to sign those two guys, Carlo and, and McAvoy, basically just scra- uh, scraping under their salary cap. Um, that's going to go up a little bit, but they've been able to sign these guys at a discount. Um, I think it's yeah. Merchant, Merchant at like $6 million or just under $6 million a year. So when these contracts come up for, for their top line, uh, I mean, I don't see how they're going to be able to keep these guys together forever. You know, it's just they're not going to be able to sign these guys at discounts when you have the, the Maple Leafs signing four guys for $40 million a year, right? So yeah. how long can the Bruins, you know, keep it under the cap and, and pay these guys like that? So obviously McAvoy in three years is going to get paid too. So they're going to have to obviously move some people around. It all depends, though. It all depends on the makeup of the players, though, because you look at – you know, like Keller out in Arizona, he was willing to sign that long-term contract because he loves it out there, right? So um, you, you kind of see some in, in some uh, certain aspects of, of different leagues. Like you see Tom Brady with the Patriots. He's given up money um, over the years. to You know, he's restructured his contract, taking less money. So Almost that can, every year. Yeah, exactly. You know, to, to kind of keep – to be able to give money and spread it around because, let's face it, I mean, if you're winning, you know, and you're making it to, you know, you make it to the Super Bowl every year or the Stanley Cup, there's massive amount of endorsements that you're going to make too. So um, some, some teams have players that have like a different chemistry and different makeup that are willing to give up some of the top dollar to kind of keep the core group together to keep winning. Because if you win, there's a lot of other money out there to be made too, as far as endorsement deals and and things of that nature. So um, it it all depends on the makeup. There's a lot of factors that goes into that stuff. So just because Toronto's handing out the big money doesn't necessarily mean Boston's going to be made up the same way. Hey, uh, what's the big news with uh, Winnipeg? They're just having an awful preseason, huh? Bufflin. Um, oh, yeah. Patrick, Patrick Laine is over in Sweden uh, playing with uh, some Swedish elite team. Um, they had, uh, you know, Patrick Laine and Connors breaking camp without contracts. They had uh, two guys getting a minor car accident. And now Dustin Bufflin. Um, is talking about retiring. So, I mean, <laughs> right, right at training camp, just drop a bomb. I'm, I'm not coming back. You know, that's tough. I, I mean, what, what are they going to do? He's He was like there. I mean, I don't even know how – Rob, check it out, but how much ice time he logged. He's definitely leading Winnipeg in ice time. And for him just to, you know, all of a sudden say, uh, yeah, I'm – not coming back this year. Oh, no, it's a- the Buffalo logged 22 to 28 shifts a game, uh, and that's 21 to 25 minutes per game each night. Towards the end of the season, you know, he's maxed there. So he's running 28 shifts a game, about 25, 24, 25 minutes per game. Big problem. Man. I feel like every time you watch Winnipeg, I felt like that fucker never left the ice, honestly. I mean, yeah. no, like, seriously, I, I mean, like, I, kill. yeah, I mean, every time I looked, at the game, I mean, of course you're going out to grab a beer once in a while, so you miss a little bit. But it's right. every time you come back in, I mean, it's like Big Fuckland's still out there. I mean, like, what's going on? I mean, the guy never comes off the ice. I, no, it's a huge. Whatever he decides is going to impact that franchise bigly. Yeah, yeah. we talked about it before. Um, just the fact that nobody really wants to be in Winnipeg. It's just like if you had all these other teams to play for, why would you want to play in Winnipeg, right? So. Um, I actually had this conversation with John earlier this week too um, about people don't want to be in Winnipeg. And actually, like I don't know, if these guys have in their contracts they'll have ten non-trade teams on the list, right? right. So um, I'm sure Winnipeg's probably on the number one for a lot of guys. <laughs> it's highlighted. It's 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 automatically generated. <laughs> Pre-fills. <laughs> Ottawa number two. It automatically comes up. It doesn't even – you don't have to fill it in. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, Winnipeg's not a bad place. I mean, you watch that barn in the playoffs. It's filled. The fans are passionate. I can't even imagine playing there. Actually, Jordan um, told me when they played his first uh, playoff season, um, his first year when he left BU, uh, he got pulled up 
with the wild and uh, they were playing Winnipeg and he said, dude, you don't even know the atmosphere. You can't even, it's so loud. You can't even hear your teammates talking to one another. So, um, I mean, the fans are passionate. Yes. And uh, it is a hockey city. Um, you don't have to worry about, you know, paying the bills there, but for the players, like Mark was saying, I mean, fuck, they have underground tunnels, underground sidewalks because it's so fucking cold there. And, you know, I think, I think last year during playoffs or something, uh, you know, Stanley cup playoffs where it's springtime going into June. Um, I forget how far they, uh, they got into uh, the playoffs, but it snowed there. It was like the end of May. It was fucking snowing in Winnipeg. Sounds like, yeah. I mean, yeah, sounds like upstate New York, but yeah, that's a big factor. I mean, if Buffalo was playing for Dallas, San Jose, let's say the Panthers, let's say here in uh, Carolina, um, I, I, I think he would be, he would be playing. Mark, you played some wax there though, from Winnipeg. You said there's a lot of hot checks. Actually, the Winnipeg didn't have a team. Every other Canadian team um, had a team and, for some reason, Edmonton had the hottest. Oh, chicks. Edmonton, like, that's right. Never mind. Yeah, Edmonton, oh, and imagine. and then Calgary was like a really fun town too. Um, the people up in Calgary, I think they like it there too. It's a, a really fun town. It's they call it Cow Town. There's a lot of cowboys and shit like that. They have the stampede there every summer. Um, and then obviously Vancouver is beautiful, right? So people like Vancouver. Yeah. But I mean, cities like Winnipeg. I mean, even Ottawa. Ottawa is not that great. I mean, right. wouldn't want to be stuck in Ottawa. Uh, you know. <laughs> And then I don't, a lot of, like, I know uh, Jim, John was telling me, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Howard, his non-trade list is every Canadian team and then <laughs> a couple others because, like he said, you know, he made the joke about your your wife getting yelled at in the grocery store. <laughs> <The> grocery store, <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't want to be up there, you know, because, like, everybody knows who you are. Everybody's following hockey. So there's plus and plus minuses to, to the, uh, you know, everybody being involved in the city, too. Definitely. I, I see Winnipeg's probably got hot chicks too. Greenway got a assist tonight. Go hey, for boy, it. Hey boy. Nico Stern, a Clarkson boy from uh, uh, our hometown, played for Clarkson's uh, dressing tonight. Minnesota versus Winnipeg. Um, I believe it's two to one now. Um, Nico Stern from Greenway. Nice. We'll take that. So, eh? so do they uh, they have fifty five players right now, or do what's what the Wild have left? I'm not really sure on how many players they have left. I know they're still looking at players like JT Brown's dress tonight. Uh, he's a, a free agent, so uh, anyone can sign him. He's looking for a roster spot. A couple other guys, uh, the goalie tonight that started, he's, I don't even want to attempt to say his name, but it's almost like Capo Kakinen that's playing for uh, um, the Rangers. <laughs> almost What's the same. That one? Yeah, same thing like that. So um, preseason going on, a lot of games, um, a lot of the young bucks getting a chance to, uh, you know, show the AHL coaches and the NHL coaches what they got. So a uh, couple good fights. There was a fight last night. Uh, Hartman from Philly. Uh, he's now playing with Minnesota. He got in a fight. And then there was a big fighter tonight for uh, Minnesota. Um, the guy from Iowa was up playing he looked like a mean bastard he actually split the kid's nose right in half had blood everywhere so pretty good fight um and i like preseason for those fights we don't see too many fights right during the uh regular season so uh preseason's fun people are fighting literally for a roster spot and uh it's fun to see that yeah i mean i saw like the reason i asked about 55 guys in many is because I've seen other teams are at 55 guys right now. That must be have to be down to that once camp starts. But um, they have to get down to 22 to two. I think 22 guys, right? That's I'm not 100 sure on that. Yeah, yeah, it it's 22. I think 22 guys. They've got um, usually it's uh, you know two goalies and 20 skaters. So you know that's I mean that's a lot of guys to get you know to send down or back to the AHL and gotta be tough man first especially if you got a guy that's been playing on the fourth line all last year and he gets sent down because somebody comes up you know gotta be stressful yeah they, they i mean they sign those two-way contracts a lot of those players just so they can go up and down especially in the preseason 
so every teams can uh, take a look at what they have to pull up if they need if they need to. A lot of RFAs still unsigned yet, eh, Mark? Yeah, well, we'll get into the RFAs, and uh, the RFA contracts of the people that still haven't signed is going to be brought to you by Sostos tonight. I think, you know, what that does is basically you get, you know, obviously, you know, not making chump change on these little two, three year contracts. So what they do is, you know, they're kind of banking on themselves, you know, to, you know, get a double payday, basically this payday and then another payday after this, you know, contract term expires. But it especially helps like, you know, the guys, you know, like McAvoy, who's had a little bit of a, you know, injury history, you know, he's, he's dealt with a couple of concussions, I think, and uh, maybe not a couple of concussions, but a concussion at least and uh, lower body injury. So some of those kind of guys that, you know, if, if some GMs have some questions about, you know, kind of gives them a little bit of a prove it deal um, and allows them to, you know, get a second payday going on in just a few years. Yeah, and I know uh, I don't know the ins and outs of how it all works because these contracts are so complicated. But at like the end of McAvoy's contract, I was reading that they have like a qualifying offer that the Bruins have to offer him at least. I think is he's getting four point seven now. I think, and they have to offer him like seven point four something like that. I don't really I'm not really sure where the the extra money comes from, but if if they don't offer him at least that, then he can go to a different team. So that's kind of, I don't know, I think that's only with these bridge deals that I'm not really positive. Like I don't know all about these contracts, but I did read a little bit about that where it does give them some leverage at the end of their deal to make more money too. So Yeah, it's almost like, you know, we got a, we got enough in our salary cap for two years, but we'll, you know, we'll, my understanding anyways, because they are complicated big time. If you look at an NHL contract, in my view, is we'll give you a two year, three year deal. Then, you know, the bridge goes into the fourth and fifth, sixth year. And we got to give you at least X amount of dollars or you can go elsewhere or give you more. So it's, um, you know, almost something like I always, when I think of a bridge deal is, you know, how Mario Lemieux back in the heyday, you know, they didn't have tons of money. So they offered him, you know, the owner offered him so much money um, each, you know, in the future, and, you know, that eventually didn't pan out. They never paid him. It was like 20, $21 million. They never ended up paying him. Um, but he owns the team now. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's – That's how some But, yeah, there's still Bra- – Yeah, Mark, I know you're going to get into it, but some Braden Point still out there. Um, yep. Has Braden Point. Yeah, he's uh, he's at 686000 right now. He's 23 years old, right winger for the Tampa Bay – uh, Lightning, uh, obviously he had a really great year last year. He was one of the people that really stuck out um, to me when I watched those games. I didn't know what the hell he was. But uh, the more I watched the Lightning play, was, you know, you could just tell this guy was going to be something special. So, you know, he had 41 goals and 91 points, uh, 20 power play goals, ranked, uh, I think he was, let's see, he had minus 10 plus minus. So, you know, they've got some, they've got to pony up some money for this kid. He's not going to be cheap by yeah. any means. I, I mean, I, I watched a little, uh, 
Twitter um, thing on the Tampa GM talking, and uh, they're pretty optimistic they're going to sign him. I don't see him going anywhere else. So uh, yeah. he'll be there. It's just uh, how much money. But, yeah, you're right, Mark. I mean, uh, he had 92 points last year, 41 goals, um, NHL best, 20 power play goals, um, and like you said, ranked top 10 and plus minus. Um, and, and, you know, just to go off on a tangent on that, that he, uh, you know, has the NHL best of 20 power play goals to be in the NHL, like, and be up there on the top 10 or top 15 in points. Um, you have to be on the power play. Um, if you look at Nikita Kucherov last year, the leading goal scorer in the NHL and Rob, if you can do this real quick, you should be able to look it up. How many of his goals were on the power play? I want to say he had like 40 or 45 goals, Kucherov, and I, I want to say 12 or even strength. So to be – so what I'm just saying to, on the tangent is that to be up there like Crosby and Malkin and all these guys and the, the top line of the Boston Bruins – to have to be leading the NHL in points, the top 10, 15, you're on the number one power play unit. So um, I just had to get that in there with, uh, you know, Braden Point having NHL's best 20 power play goals. Yeah, Kucherov logged 128 points. That's 87 assists, 41 goals. He had 15 power play goals and uh, 48 points on the power play. So that's uh, about 26. Uh, even strength goals. Hell yeah, man. That's yeah, it's, it's big time. I mean, think about like, you know, even like when you, you know, all of us guys, let's bring it back to the high school level, right? So when you're playing in high school, like if you weren't on the fucking power play and you got into a game where like there was a bunch of bunch of power plays and you're just sitting on the fucking bench, you know, how much did that piss you off? You know, but the, I mean, to get, to be in goal scoring opportunities, you're absolutely right, Pat. I mean, if you're not on the power play, you're not going to have the same opportunity to produce those big numbers like, you know, guys that are just playing on the standard line or, you know, yeah. playing penalty kill, stuff like that. Power plays where it's at. Those guys that are on the power play are the ones that are going to put up the big points. And Tampa has uh, $8.5 million of cap space left. So, I mean, that should be enough to sign him. I mean, he could be – I mean, you could argue that Mitch Marner isn't any better than he is. And he could have 92 points and he just signed, what, $11 million deal? Yeah. And and I think it, there's rumors that you know the Montreal GM, um, his decision to target um, you know Sebastian Aho when that whole uh, drama went down there for a little bit with Carolina and Montreal, um, they could have went after they had a chance to go after Braden Point, um, but because he had such loyalty in Tampa, and they knew he wanted to be in Tampa, and they knew that his that his de- a deal would get done there eventually, that they didn't even attempt, they didn't even try. Um, so that just goes to show you how much um, that brain point will be putting on a Lightning jersey um, here in a couple weeks. Yeah, and they freed up some cap space by getting rid of JT Miller, right? They lost, he went to Vancouver, Callahan went to Ottawa. Um, so, I mean, they, they freed up some cap space to be able to make this happen. So um, I, I, I'm sure it will happen, frankly. Yeah. No, it definitely will happen. Just maybe not what he wanted, but uh, or what he deserves, I should say. Yeah, so um, let's move on to Miko Ratnan from Colorado. Obviously, 22, young kid, winger. He makes about 900 grand right now uh, coming off his entry level. And he had 87 points last year in 74 games. So um, <laughs> back to back. Yeah, he had back-to-back 80-point seasons, so he just didn't do it once. He did it twice. Uh, you know, he's a big guy, six foot, 220, somewhere in there. And uh, he had a career-high uh, plus 13, I guess. So, I'm, I mean, I don't know. It, he, I think he had more points. Uh, no, McKinnon had more points. He was second on the team, but still, yeah. that's, that's a ton of points. That's saying something, second to McKinnon on the team, but, yeah. I mean, he's a playmaker on the most, they're saying, on the most dangerous line in the West. Um, he's been to the All-Star game, um, six foot four, 250 pounds. Uh, Listen, put that in perspective. McKinnon's cap hit is 6.3 million as opposed yeah, right. to, you know, and this guy's producing at basically the same level. You know what I mean? So yeah. here, here he has a, you know, close to $900,000 cap hit 
and he's producing at the same level as a guy make you know hitting the cap at six point three million. So yeah, I I think uh, and that's a good point, Derek. I think the uh, when you bring that up, I think of Clayton Keller. Uh, McKinnon signed that contract you know a year or two ago, um, kind of like Keller did, and now he's locked in at six million dollars a year, and he's worth way more than that. Sure. Uh, that's that's a gamble you take right so um yeah you're right i mean he they, they're not going to pay him more than mckinnon right and then mckinnon yeah. gonna say what the fuck um so it's it's a tough it's, it's tough to and 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 then uh in um ratnan's point i mean look what i've done so pay me yeah well colorado's got a lot of cap space you know they have they really do you know i think they have over 15 million in cap space but, you know, I, I read something, I think, in, in a similar article that one of you guys sent around that, you know, the market is set for a guy like Ratnan at a, to have like an average annual salary, like $10.5 right? So he's going to be, that would be making more money than McKinnon, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're going to have, are you going to be able to pay a guy and then have, you know, have that coexist on the roster? I, I'm not sure that can happen. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you got a team with a lot of cap space. They got to find a way. You're not going to let, you don't want 80 points, you know, over, you know, the last two seasons to walk out of the building. Yeah. So you got to make, you got to make something work. So um, see what happens there. But yeah, it's, there's definitely, you know, another guy, like you just keep moving on down this list, but you know, Matthew Kachuk still out there too. Um, there's a lot of interesting, uh, interesting stuff still left to be said about the league here when it comes to restricted free agents. What do you guys think about Kachuk? Oh, that's, yeah. that's another good one. He's the youngest, the youngest one on the list so far. He's only 21 years old. You know, he's he's probably going to be like they talk about um, the possibility of being a captain someday. Uh, you know, he he does it all too. That's the thing I like about Kachuk and Robbie could maybe talk tonight about Kachuk a little bit. And uh, you know, he fights. He, he's gritty. He's in the front of the net. He's you know hitting the goalie after the whistle. I mean, he's just mixing it up. I mean, he's, and he's also a great player, you know. So he produces. He produces, you know. He, 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 if you're a coach, and I think all four of us can, you know, say if we're a coach of a team or a GM, I mean, how can you not want this guy on your team? I think he's a phenomenal player. He's a gritty player. He'll fight, gets under the skin of, play, of uh, other players. I mean, um, What's his name out in San Jose? Uh, Brett Burns fucking hates him, right? So what I what I liked about Calgary was they've got about five guys putting up about seventy some points. So Johnny Gaudreau put up ninety nine points. Uh, Monahan put up eighty two. Lindholm put up seventy eight. Kachuk put up seventy seven. Giordano put up seventy four. And That's then Backlund put up forty seven. So they've got a, a pretty good core group of guys that can, you know, they're having some fun out in Calgary. Um, my question is. They're loving it out there. How, they need to get it, you know, a couple rounds into the playoffs, I, I, I think. And, and they got uh, Lucci, right? Did Lucci, which, which way did he go? I know he went one way or the Edmonton, other. Edmonton, right? Didn't he go to Edmonton? He went from he Flames to Edmonton? Okay. I don't, I don't know. He was in Edmonton last year, so he left Edmonton. Which he was a big now. He was a big bust. I don't know, man. He had a terrible season, and then it's like you know, he was supposed to be this great player for Edmonton, and they thought they were going to do big things up in Edmonton, and they still can't put something together. But he had a well, terrible. I, season. I just think the chemistry. I mean, bringing him over and putting him on the fourth line centerman or winger in front of the net. I mean, now you got to look for Kachuk that could possibly drop the gloves with you and Lucci, so i think i think they're doing right i like it i like what they're putting together out in calgary and um you know if they can get two goalies they need two goalies we say it all the time on the podcast to go deep in the stanley cup playoffs so if they can do that uh um they have a lot of potential but i they need to sign him he is going to be a captain eventually um i bet the farm on it they need to put he's a leader He's he. I think he played every game last year, um, so they he's going to become him. their highest paid player. I mean, he has to be. They got to uh, pay him. Yeah, they got to pay, pay him. him. And uh, but I think I mean think I think he's on record. You know, kind of comparing the contract he wants to uh, Austin Matthews. So, yeah, um, that's uh, that's big money. That's yeah, big I mean, money. 
they, he might have to do a bridge deal. I don't know what their cap is out there, but um, I, I don't think uh, that's a big deal out in Calgary. They fill the stands season. The, um, they sell out every season. So it's not like they, it's not a small market. So they I think he was kind of looking for that kind of that sweet spot in the middle. Like, cause uh, things I had read said, he's kind of looking for that five-year range. You know what I mean? So that's, that's kind of just beyond that bridge and, and just in between that long-term. So um, kind of a sweet spot right there. So we'll see what happens, man. They got to, you can't like, obviously I'm going to let him walk. So they, uh, it's a. Uh, Be fools to let him walk. Got to get it done. What's the uh, cap going up to Pat? How many, how many million does it go up? Like only like four or something, right? I, I only think two, two little over two million. I want to say. So, we'll see what happens. Um, who else is out there? Line A, did we talk Line about a. him? Yeah, Line A is out there still. I mean, I think they got to sign him too, especially what's going on with uh, Bufflin, Bufflin. They're gonna have to get him back. Um, then they got Kyle Connor out there. He still needs to sign. He's a big one. 30 goal campaign, first round pick, um, 66 points last year. Um, you know, unfortunately they got a, a first round exit last year, you know, Winnipeg, but, uh, he contributes on both sides, um, power play penalty kill. Um, he's on the same line as line a chemistry's good. Um, so they're going to have to get, uh, Connor and, uh, line a. Wine is awesome, man. I mean, he, he, but he's a little bit like, um, I don't know. He's, he, he is streaky and he's not, he's not really that, you know, that big of an all around player. He's not that good on the defensive end of the game, you know? Um, so I don't know. I mean, he, he, he's got numbers, you know, he, he fell off a little last year as far as number, as far as his numbers went, but I don't know. I'm not sure. He's, he's somebody that's kind of, I think a little bit of a wild card as far as what kind of contract he's going to sign because he's not, he, I don't think he's seen as that complete player like a Kachuk, you know, or something like that, you know. So, um, his his uh, his market, I think, is kind of a little bit unique because he just isn't that all around player. You know, he can he can produce on the offensive end, but um, other than that, he's he's kind of he's kind of weak in some other areas. Yeah, and I think he went on. You know, I'm quoting him. I'm quoting Patrick Kleine. He said, "You never know where you're going to play next year, so I'm prepared for anything." Um, which, you know, that's big, you know, I don't know. It, it goes back to what we were saying about Dustin Bufflin. I mean, do you want to play up there? Do, I mean, it doesn't sound a, like it doesn't sound like a guy that's all in, does it? And it does not sound like a guy that's all in. So if you're not going to pay me, then I'm not going to stand on the peg. Yeah. Fuck it. So, <laughs> I mean, he's a good look. He's a good looking guy. Liner. The Amish assassin. Amish. So, and then there's a couple other people out there that still hasn't signed. And Anthony D'Angelo of the uh, New York New York Rangers, um, he's still out there. You know, a couple other people. Um, so, but those are the main uh, uh, top R- RFA's that are still out there. So, and we're we're getting to crunch time. So we'll see what happens um, here tonight in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, the Hurricanes are playing Tampa. I don't know how that turned out. Um, I pl- Robbie and I planned on going to that game tonight, but uh, Charlie McAvoy called us up and wanted to come on, so uh, we let him come on. <laughs> Broke plans. Did him a him. favor. I did him a favor and let him come on tonight. It was part of his contract, I guess, that if he signed with the Bruins, he had to come on. So fine print. Fine Hurricanes won two nothing tonight. There we go. Really, really complicated contract, so you got to read the fine print. Suzuki yep. uh, signed too, Rob. Did you see that? I saw that. Well, thanks to Derek, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't think he's going to crack the squad. He might come up and down a little bit. Uh, he'll be in Charlotte with uh, Ryan Wasowski. Uh We had him on the podcast, the head coach, a few weeks ago. I think he'll be down there in Charlotte playing for the Checkers. Um, but we might see him up here in the, the big with the big boys, so that's exciting. Uh, Rob actually got a chance to talk to him one day. I'm Ryan Stuckey. Uh, I'm from London, Ontario, and 
I was playing very close last season. Um, I was selected to a Carolina 28, and I'm excited to get down here and get to work. And um, I think first kind of first impression of the place is first class. I mean, just walking into the facility and meeting all the staff. I mean, everybody's been great. Um, I'm just looking forward to the future. What was the experience like on the ice today? You know, um, you guys are getting a, a taste of the NHL right yeah. now. What's it like for you? Yeah, it's uh, pretty special. I mean, uh, ever since I started playing, it's been my dream to kind of make my way into the NHL and um, to start that with the Carolina Hurricanes is pretty special. And, um, I mean, it's, uh, you, you got a young team. Um, it's an exciting time around Carolina right now. And, um, I think for me, just getting out here, I mean, there's a ton of skill out there. And, uh, I love I love the three-on-three. Three. I mean, there's a whole lot of space, and you kind of showcase your spell or your skill a bit more. And, um, it was just a fun time out there for sure. What's it like being the first pick for, for Carolina? I mean, how, how does that, I mean, that's obviously got to be a big buzz for you. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty special for sure. Um, like I said, it's been my dream to become an NHL player. And, um, I mean, Carolina is an exciting organization. I mean, the fans really got behind this team. Um, just kind of seeing all their storm surges and stuff. It's yeah. uh, really unique for a team to do that. And, uh, it's just special to kind of be a part of that. And, what would it be like if Carolina brings you in and Rod, uh, Rod Brindamore brings you in soon, you know, in a couple of years? What would it be like to play for a guy like Rod Brindamore? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's done a lot for this organization as a coach and a player. So um, I think just kind of being on his team and playing for him would be special for sure. And, um, I mean, he, he gets the, he gets the most out of each of his players, and uh, I think that's a really important reason of why they're so successful. So uh, I mean, I'm just I'm super super excited uh, when I get the chance to come up here and play for him. What uh, where where do you go back to, Ryan? What are you what are the plans for this year? What are, what is the next couple seasons? Well, if you could plan two seasons ahead. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Uh, I think for me, I'd be going back to Barry, and uh, it's a great organization. So, um, I mean, obviously, if, if I can make the jump here in the next couple of years, uh, whether it's next year or the year after, that'd be a huge, huge uh, thing for me. And um, I, mean, um, I think if I end up going back to Barry, it's, it's a great organization for me, and I love playing in Barry. And uh, I mean, I have great billets, and I uh, have a good, good relationship with my coach Dale, and uh, I think all the guys there and. I think just another two years in January would be back. What did you learn from the workouts? What are you going to take back from all the workouts and all this stuff? What did you learn that you're going to take back that you maybe weren't doing as far as off-ice development or or even on-ice development? What did you learn from this? Uh, I think... A lot of the stuff we're doing here is pretty similar to back home. Yeah, I have a great, great training staff back home. Uh, they prepared me well for this camp, and I felt like I did pretty well. Um, I think if I just continue to work out with uh, the guys back in London, I think uh, they set me up for they'll set me up for success here. And um, I think they have a great training staff here. And okay, okay. Well, listen, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, really did you get his social security number too, or just his birth date? He got his. He took a photo. He took a picture of his ID. <laughs> helped him bathe in the shower. <laughs> oh, you're. The, I'll just get in the shower with you if you don't mind. Right, we can do the interview in there, no problem. Prefer it. <laughs> uh, Rob, I didn't know Rob was a vegan. But anyways, hey, good show tonight, boys. It was uh, great to have Charlie come on, talk about his playoff experience last year. You know, it was good to hear him talk about how grueling it was. Uh, nice sound right there. And, uh, you know, just to get a perspective on on last year's season and what's going to happen with the Bruins, you know, this year. So it was kind of some good insight of what's going on in Boston. I know everybody in Boston is happy to have those two guys signed and have that bullshit done the season starting. So. Great interview with, with Charlie, boys. Rob, you want to give any uh, endorsements before we get off here? Yeah, tonight we're going to endorse King Tut Graphics at kingtutgraphics.com. They specialize in high-impact advertising and marketing wraps in non-traditional spaces. Uh, we got our truck wrapped about a month and a half ago and you know just couldn't be happier. With uh, sitting around in the traffic here in Raleigh, uh, our truck sticks out above every th- everybody else. So uh, highly recommend kingtutgraphics.com. All right, boys. Uh, who do we have coming on next week? Do we have that penciled in yet? Paul Castron. Paul Castron. Give us a little background there. 
He's the uh, head amateur scout for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, be interesting to talk to him actually because uh, of all the teams in the NHL, the Devils have made a lot of noise as far as uh, you know off-season signings, and um, they're going to be an interesting interesting team to watch Jack this Hughes. year. So yeah, I mean, so Paul Castron, he'll 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 be able to shed some good information and uh, be a great interview. Yeah, it should be a good interview. I just like to uh, you know pick his brain a little bit on. Uh, you know, all the moves there, if he can shed some light on, you know, you got Ray Shero there, who's the GM, who's from, uh, you know, from our hometown, did a little stint up at St. Lawrence University. Um, we're hoping to get Ray on here in a couple weeks and uh, talk to him too. But yeah, to hear Paul Castron and about, like Derek was saying, all the moves that New Jersey's doing. And they're actually going to be a big threat this year. You'll see the uh, New Jersey Devils in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they get Simmons, big pickup, P.K. Subban, another huge pickup on defense. Um, I mean, I like both of those players. They're both hardworking. Um, I mean, you could say what you want about P.K., but he's got a ripping shot from the point. He plays decent defense. Oh, nasty. And, you know, Wade Simmons is just, you know, he's been there for years. He's always been there. He's not a huge point getter, but he's one of those guys that gets people in place to get goals. And, He'll be a good asset for them. They just got to sign Taylor Hall. They got a big question mark there. Yeah, and Simmons is a big net front presence. Um, he'll fight, so he, he, you're not going to do any cheap hits or do anything crazy when he's when you're playing the Devils. Uh, so, I mean, when you when you get a tough guy on the other team, you know that you know like Buffalo, like we were talking about earlier. When you go into Winnipeg Barn. Um, you know you're not gonna do anything crazy because Bufflin will fucking drop the gloves with you. That's the same thing in Jersey now. So they got Wayne Simmons, who can produce. They can put him in front of the net, and then also no one's gonna fuck around with your star players. Someone like uh, um, you know Jack, it's being a you know a small maybe <laughs> maybe yeah small young forward, but uh, kids. <laughs> they're gonna be a good team this year guys it'll be interesting yeah, game to watch. Yeah. Good team. all right paul castron next week uh tune in for that well it sounds like the producers tell me that we've got to go so check us out on facebook check us out on twitter uh instagram all those social media accounts uh you can see our, you can hear our podcasts on all the pod, major podcast platforms if you can say that correctly and don't forget to check us out on hockeyclub.com And until next time, folks, keep your stick on the ice. See ya. Widow. Oh, doctor. Keep your head up.